Hey, Dream Set Achievers. Today, we're getting pretty vulnerable because we are talking about the situations in which God places us that remind us that we are so far out of control of the trajectory of our own families and of our daughters and of our own lives. God places us in insurmountable and nearly impossible situations at times. And yes, while we know that in the end, it is going to be for our good and our benefit and to remind us that we are not God, but that he is in the moment, it is really hard and it is so tempting to turn around and say, you know, I've had it. So today we're going to talk about encouragement. We're going to talk about some scripture that will help encourage and motivate you to take on this path that maybe you have failed at in the past and to remember that not a single opportunity for growth was wasted by God and so that he has a plan for you and your daughter as you navigate this tricky road ahead. Let's get started. Hey, sweet friend, I'm Amanda Doherty, family life coach and founder of Dream, Set, Achieve, where I partner alongside amazing moms just like you who are in the throes of raising a teenage daughter. I hope that this podcast and all the resources on the Dream, Set, Achieve website will encourage, challenge, and motivate you to navigate the toughest issues surrounding raising an adolescent head on. You've got this, mom, and I'm here to help. This is the Dream, Set, Achieve podcast. Hey, Dream Set Achievers, happy Monday and welcome to the final week of August before we transition into a whole new month that is September, which also heralds in a whole new season, which is fall. And I'm kind of blown away at the fact that we are already here and I'm sure many of you are already hitting that panic phase of, oh gosh, pumpkin spice is about to hit everything and not all things about fall are bad. Um, I live in Colorado, so you can understand why I'm a little bit timid about the fall. It's because we have a very long season that comes after fall. So (laughs) as beautiful as the season is, and as much as I'm enjoying this slightly cooler weather here, I know some of you in the South have absolutely no idea what cool weather feels like. Yeah, I promise it's coming. It will be here one day. But until then, just hold tight and remember that with every new season comes a whole new slew of graces and that God has a plan for the season ahead and that you may be one or two weeks into the new school year already and wondering, okay, this wasn't so as tough as I thought it was going to be or, oh wow, I did not anticipate that to be an issue and now I'm having to kind of scramble and regroup. That's totally normal. You're killing it. You're doing an awesome job. Just hang in there and remember that every new season comes with a whole new set of graces. I love the verse that says that with every single morning, God refreshes our our graces. There are new graces every single morning, and I believe that, and I have to believe that because I have to think that while I am restlessly sleeping and wondering how I'm going to survive another day of parenting in this chaotic lifestyle, as much as I love, love, love my role as a mom, there are so many things that keep us awake at night, aren't they? And there are so many battles ahead of us, and there are so many unsurmountable um, just challenges that are constantly looming over us, and that just drives us up the wall sometimes. And you may be looking at this thinking, okay, well, I know exactly what my next mountain is, or my next wall, or what my next challenge is, or maybe you're wondering, like, when's it coming? When's the other shoe going to drop? I know some of you, like me, tend to kind of live in that constant angst of, okay, well, it's fine now, but when is it going to start to get hard? And that's not a way to live. I know that about myself. And I think one of the first steps to acknowledging this is just being aware that that is a tendency of yours and to really wonder, what is the enemy trying to lie to you 
today to try to fool you into thinking that God does not have this fully in his control today and that he has every single bit of control over every day that's going to come to pass over you and your daughter. So just rest assured, sweet friend, you have everything you need and God has a plan for the season. And even though you might be getting to that chaotic second week margin where, where things just get really busy, really, really fast, know that you have a handle on it because you follow a God who has a handle on it all. And we all have to believe that and encourage one another to get, to remember that. So I also have to apologize to you because I went on a full week hiatus, semi unannounced. My sister, Becky, she came up from Alabama to visit her older sister, her favorite sister, her only sister. And so she came up to visit me last week and we just kept ourselves insanely busy. Of course, she is a mountain girl at heart. I'm a beach ocean girl at heart. And so it's interesting how we kind of flip-flop. She's not too far away from the coastline of Alabama into the Gulf. And now I am here in the Rocky Mountains. So it's, of course, we're like always fighting to see who's going to go see the other person. So she finally was able to make a whole week over eight days, I think total, um, to come and see her favorite and only sister. And while we, she was here, we, I just want to describe to you what this first day looked like. Because I think this is going to tie in very beautifully with the idea of a challenge or this mountain or something that seems insurmountable. And so in the literal term, the challenge we were about to face is called Long's Peak. And Long's Peak is a 14er, if you're not sure what that means. In Colorado and Washington and a few other states, there are peaks that reach over 14,000 feet in elevation. And so we call those 14ers. Colorado has arguably between 52 and 54, depending on who you ask and who owns the property and whatnot. But either way, there's over 50 14ers. So this is a, a, uh, a very popular hobby for people who live here. If you're a hiking enthusiast, you love to bag these and you like to take down names of every single one of these. Many of the, many of the people that you're going to come across have these tattooed on their arms or on their backs of all of the 14ers that they've been able to conquer. Well, 14ers are not easy, but Long's Peak is by far and away one of the most difficult. Um, by many accounts, it is the third most difficult and possibly by far the most dangerous. The reason why is because it's so accessible to Northern Colorado. It is literally within eye distance of everything. I can see it literally every single day, no matter where I travel in Fort Collins, which is where I live. So it's just constantly calling at me and nagging at me and just like always there. And I always have this mindset, I'm going to take this mountain on one day. Well, there's also another piece of uh, this that's very dangerous. It is not necessarily just a hike. About a mile and a half from the very top, there it turns into a class three scramble, which means it's more of a technical rock climbing experience, a bouldering at least. And so the last mile and a half is extraordinarily dangerous. And that along with the fact that it is very, very close to town, it's so accessible, it's so easy to get to. Summit fever is a real thing, and we all have this mindset of we have to get to the top of this mountain. And so my sister and I were no exception to this rule. I picked her up from the airport literally at 6.45 p.m. last Friday. Next thing you know, we drive straight to the foot of the mountain into the trailhead. And so we just literally folded down the seats in my uh, Subaru Tribeca, and we slept in there the entire night. And I say entire very loosely because... 
the way that you have to complete a 14er is to start early in the morning. And depending on how technical or how difficult or how prone to storms that particular 14er is, we have to start around 1.30 in the morning. So we just slept maybe two hours after we finally got there, got ourselves settled. And of course, sleeping in a car <laughs> the night before you're about to take on this huge challenge. It's, it's not easy. And I wouldn't say it was the easiest thing we've ever done, but we were so excited it didn't matter. We hydrated, we fueled up, we were ready to go. And at 1.30, she and I strapped on our backpacks, we fueled up our water, and we put on our headlamps, and we started walking in the middle of the dark up this 14,000-foot mountain. And so the total elevation change from the beginning of the hike to the summit is about 5,000 feet in elevation. That's over a mile. Well, now I'm thinking about it. I really don't know it's a mile. It's almost a mile. It's nearly a mile in elevation. So imagine just walking straight up a mile. That's exactly what's being um, required of us. And it's about 7.4 miles to the very top. And then that means there's 7.4 miles to the very bottom. So we knew that in total, it would be approximately 15 miles that we would have to hike that day. And much of that would not be a hike. It would be a, um, a very challenging climb with all of our gear and that is just praying that weather conditions at the top were good and so we start on this adventure around 1 30 in the morning we're ignoring the fact that we're hiking through rocky mountains where there are cougars and mountain lions and all kinds of things that they put on all these trailheads saying please avoid hiking at these hours due to so we're just ignoring that we're going straight through and as we're going up this mountain I think it was four hours later we finally get to what is known as the boulder field and the boulder field essentially is this long stretch. It's only a thousand feet short from the top. So we made it in excellent time. At seven o'clock in the morning, we were standing at the base of the boulder field that's going to um, literally force us to climb over three quarters of a mile of just boulders. When I say boulders, I mean like they could be the size of your shoe, they could be the size of a truck or a bus. I mean, these boulders were huge and they were formidable and they were, they got very old, very fast. And so we had been hiking all night. We were exhausted. Elevation was trying to kind of wear down on us. If you've never hiked at high elevations before for a prolonged amount of time, um, then just so you know, the higher the elevation, the less oxygen and the less uh, energy you're going to have to finish that trail. So we did everything right. And this is kind of where I'm going to make a turning point to the topic of today. We get to the boulder field, we get all the way across, we see the sunrise come up against Lady Washington, which is the mountain straight behind us, and we're facing what's known as the keyhole, which is literally the access point. It is the the point of no return, where it turns from a very difficult and long, grueling hike into a technical climb on this, at some points, only 18-inch wide ledge, where if you should slip one one foot off the edge and you're falling um, a thousand feet to your death. And so this is not an easy undertaking. And this keyhole is essentially this hole which shifts from being a challenging hike to a very dangerous climb. And so it is known by many as the point of no return. Once you commit to going through the keyhole, everything changes and you have to be ready for anything and you have to prepare for everything. And so Becky and I, we got all the way through to the keyhole. We were maybe 50 yards away and we're looking up at the keyhole and there was this huge sound that came out of nowhere and we looked at each other like what is that sound and we looked up 
And then we see just two or three women that were climbing, like scrambling up to the keyhole and about to enter over, like that were about to go up to the summit, which is another two hours from the top, less than a mile, but about two hours of, of actual technical climbing. And they just start tumbling on this side of, of the rock. They just start falling. And we see this wind gust just completely flat, flatten everybody that's on this boulder field and there were nearly 50 people I think at that point because this is a very popular time to hike it because it's not under the snow and that is a very small margin of time so all these people including us had gotten up insanely early most of them had spent the night in their cars at the trailhead right in the cars next to us and they had brought all the right gear. They had brought all of the right food, all the right water. They had trained for this. They had practiced their elevation and high altitude climbs. They had done everything right. Becky and I had done everything right. And at that moment, the wind started picking up to approximately 70 miles an hour. And we knew at that moment that unless the wind died down, there's no way we could move forward with this particular challenge. And so after working so hard to get to that point, we sat flat on this boulder at the base of the keyhole, trying not to be blown over, knowing that we had worked all of our energy, all of our strength, all of our time, all of it was going to force us to turn around at that point. And I cannot tell you how disheartening that particular moment was. I think what was most disheartening to us was the fact that we had done everything right. I, as a mom, tend to struggle with the fact that I have to be perfect 100% of the time, that I have to have the answers to everything, that if I do things the right way, then this outcome is going to occur, that if I treat my child in one way, if I give him the right nutrients, if I teach him empathy, if I socialize him with the right people, and if I connect him with the right groups of people at church, and if I do all of these things, that the outcome will inevitably be great. But much like my adventure on Long's Peak, there are sometimes things that have absolutely nothing to do with our own personal journeys. They have nothing to do with what we can control. I cannot control the 70 mile an hour winds that sustained the rest of the day and kept us from taking on this challenge and completing the tasks that we had been dreaming of for literally months, for me over a year. And we couldn't do it. And we're staring at it thinking on one hand, like, maybe we can, but we know we can't because the wind is too dangerous. We had reached the point of no return and there had been something that had come in completely outside of our control and had just stomped our dreams to a pulp. (laughs) Now, granted, there's always next year. The mountain is not going anywhere. But at the same time, at the moment, I was sitting here thinking it's going to be a whole year before I have the time and the margin and the ability to try this again. It's going to be an entire year. And so when it comes to parenting, I'm sure there are many insurmountable things that you're currently looking at. And some of them you may have been challenging head on this whole last year. Maybe it's something that you've been tackling for years. Maybe it's some kind of challenging, um, something that your daughter really struggles with as far as her reading comprehension, or maybe there's a form of dyslexia, or maybe she has social anxiety, or maybe She has some other form of learning disability that's really causing her to struggle. And you can see it's just defeating her. And you've done everything in your power to raise her to not have to experience the struggle. And yet something completely outside of you and completely outside of her is forcing her 
to deal with this challenge that you've done everything right. Nothing was done outside of the realm of the book. And yet God has a way of sometimes reminding those of us who are perfectionists, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. The fate of our kids is not in our hands. We are not the ones who can ultimately save our daughters. That is God's job. We're not the ones that can ultimately ensure that they're going to be successful in life. That's God's job. We cannot ever create this perfect scenario where they can grow and thrive and become this perfect outcome of a child that we dreamed of when they were first born and we held them for the very first time. That's not realistic and it's not how it works. And I've got to tell you, I wish more than anybody that that was the case. I wish more than anybody that was the case. I think in my own personal parenting journey, I mentioned before my son is adopted and there are moments where I see trauma just rear up in his little heart and it just eats him alive and his behaviors start to regress and he starts to push away from those he's very comfortable with, including uh, myself and my husband, Matt. And there's nothing I could do. There was nothing that I did that forced him to be adopted. He That happened well before I ever entered the picture. That was something completely outside of my story and my context with him. But yet it's something I'm facing today. And even as I'm addressing it now, this is not a mountain I could ever heal. It's never going to be fully whole again. He is going to have to carry the burdens and the pain and the the trauma from that event in those first two years of his life for the rest of his life. It is not something I can change as much as I would love to. As a teacher, I cannot tell you how many parent-teacher conferences I have sat through holding a, a box of tissues for a mother who is just devastated at the fact that she has done everything by the book. She has done everything she possibly can to overcome this mountain, only to find out that it is not in her own control. There is nothing she can do. She reached the point of no return, and she is now having to face a totally different outcome than what she had hoped or expected. Parenting is like Long's Peak, friends. It really is. It really is. And I think there was this moment of true clarity as I was at the keyhole and as my sister and I turned around and started walking back down that mountain. And I remember thinking so clearly, this is exactly what parenting is like. This is exactly how I feel when I can't get through to my son when he's having a traumatic meltdown. Or this is exactly how this mother felt when her daughter had dyslexia. And even though she had this dream of going to this university, she was really struggling with dyslexia. It went undiagnosed for years and she had a lot of ground to make up. And so she saw this mountain um, as something that she had to turn around and pause, pause the progress and come back to another day after she had really gotten down into uh, the dirt and figured out what methods were going to help, what kind of strategy she could start to pursue And it's not that any of those things are bad. And that's what we have to remember is that God places each one of those challenges in our way to remind us that we are not God. I think those of us who are perfectionists, I think every mom is to some degree. We crave perfection. We crave control. We crave this situation where our, our family can, our families can totally thrive with or without Um, external influence. And yet we can't do that because we live in a very fallen world. And so as we are raising our families, we have to remember that we don't get any promise 
of perfection. We don't get any promise of control. In fact, the one thing that God has promised over and over again is that you can't do this. (laughs) This is not on your shoulders. You have all fallen short of the glory of God. And yet, and here's the big plot twist, and yet, God can. God can. Sometimes God puts us at the base of a mountain just to remind us how small and insignificant we are so that we are willing to look up and ask him, who is infinitely bigger than any challenge or mountain we could ever face, to get us over that mountain or just to move the mountain altogether. God, just move this mountain. Get it out of my way. Cast it into the deepest sea and allow me to walk on flat, solid ground. And he does, friends. I truly believe he does, but sometimes he calls us to this mountain to come back to over and over and over and over again. This is the third time I have climbed Long's Peak to Noah Vale and gotten stuck at the exact same place for reasons that had nothing to do with the way I did it. And yet, am I going to go back to it again? Most likely. (laughs) Most likely. Do I believe there's going to be a day when I actually mount, surmount this mountain? I do believe that. But if not, (laughs) but if not, I still have some insanely good memories and I learned so much along the way. And I look at some of the challenges in the mountains that I'm facing with my own family, with my own child, and I think there are mountains that I'm going to come back to again and again and again. And yes, I failed. Yes, I've fallen short. Yes, the circumstance just kind of shot me in the foot in the dark and I had no idea what's coming. And yet I'm going to keep trying because he is worth it because God has placed me on this mountain to conquer it. Because he has made us conquerors, not by our own strength, but because of his. And so, what mountain are you facing today? What is something you have had to continuously hike up only to turn back and come back to another day? Is there something you are currently feeling you are being drawn to, to hike up or to surmount that you just don't have in you to face disappointment and try again with? I know there is. I know there is. You know why? It's because I am a coach. And the number one thing that happens on a regular basis with new clients is that they tend to flake out. And it's not because they are flaky. It's because they are afraid that once they make all of this investment, once they make all this progress, once they start taking on this mountain, there's going to come a point where there's a very real possibility of failing the goal and the dream that they wanted to set out to achieve. Let me tell you, friend, we can't be the meek ones. (laughs) We can't be. Our daughters are looking up to us and wondering, do I have what it takes to take on this life that God has placed in front of me? And the number one role model in her life who she is going to follow and model herself after and to reassure her life after is you. And it's me. And we have to figure this out so that our daughters can have the confidence to figure it out when their time comes. Because this is a multi-generational effect. The tasks that we take on or shy away from will be placed on the shoulders of our daughters. And those will be placed on the shoulders of her daughters. This is a cyclical thing. And we have to be aware of what kind of a legacy we are leaving behind. Do you want to leave a legacy of a life where you consistently shy away in the shadows of these mountains that God has placed in front of you because you're too scared to try? I know I don't. If I die trying, so help me God, I will get up that mountain because I know what it means to follow a Savior and to know that one day He will either get me over this mountain by teaching me exactly what I need to learn 
by taking me the long, hard way around so that I can understand what it means to follow him as a daughter of Christ, or he's just going to pick that mutton up and cast it into the deepest sea and I will walk straight across on flat ground. I don't know which of those it's going to be, but I'm willing to try. And I think that you might be waiting for an invitation to try too. So here's my invitation, friend. I want you to sit down and seriously think, what is one mountain you are shying away from today? What is one thing that you're about to step onto? If you're mid, mid-hike right now and you are in need of encouragement, we are here, friends. We are here and we are cheering you on and we are ready to see you take this mountain down in the name of Jesus because by his grace it will be. Your daughter is not a lost cause and whatever she is facing right now, it is not what's going to define her. She is defined already by the creator of the universe who loves her and who cares for her and has a great plan for a future for her. You have to believe that. You have to believe that or else you'll never make it to the top of this mountain. But with a little bit of faith and a little bit of grace and a whole lot of encouragement, I know you can. All right, that's all I have for you today. A lot to think about, but I really hope that this gives you some encouragement to remember You've been empowered with everything you need, sweet friend. You have everything you need because God has placed you on this earth today to live another day for a reason. He wastes nothing. So if you're willing to go ahead and take all those gifts you've been storing in your pockets, if you're ready to take out all that climbing gear that you've been gathering dust in your garage and you're willing to put those on the table for God to use, then now's the time. Now's the time. All right, I'm going to let you go, but I am praying hard for you, sweet mom, that you would just have the boldness and the courage to keep stepping forward, no matter how many times you have to turn back around and come back down. God will always call you to something, and he will always equip you to accomplish whatever he has called you to do. 